Bank Stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. The Dodgers signed right-handed pitcher Eliezer Hernandez. L.A. is leaving the door open for Clayton Kershaw to return. Will he? Why the Dodgers won't be bringing back Kike Hernandez. And we've got the ESPN Sunday Night Baseball schedule. How many games will feature the Dodgers early on? That's coming up next here on Dodgers Dugout. It's time for Dodger I don't care how many times this team rips my heart out, I'll never stop loving the Los Angeles Dodgers. Think blue, bleed blue, and I'm out. And what's going on, Dodgers Nation? Doug McCain here. Friends call me DMAC, credentialed member of Dodgers Media. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. Now, if you haven't yet, do me a huge favor and subscribe to the Dodgers Nation YouTube channel, the number one Dodgers YouTube channel in the game. And we are doing a special giveaway right now. We are giving away a brand new number 17 Shohei Otani authentic Dodgers jersey and all you have to do to win is one be subscribed to the channel and two comment done down below in the comment section if you have been a longtime subscriber you will still be just as eligible to win as a brand new subscriber we're going to do the giveaway live on an episode of Dodgers dugout so we're doing tons of giveaways this season jerseys tickets, autographs, so be sure to make sure you're subscribed so you can be eligible for all these giveaways. And also, another big key, hit that notification bell so you know whenever we drop a brand new Dodgers Nation video. And always, I want your takes down below in the comment section. Today's Dodgers Nation question of the day is the Dodgers signing of Eliezer Hernandez something, nothing, or everything? Will Clayton Kershaw be back with the Dodgers? Also, if they're going to add another starting pitcher, what kind of pitcher do you want to see? Is it an ace like a Cease and a Corbin Burns, a Luz Luzardo? Is it a lefty? Is it an innings eater? Is it a mid-tier guy? Who do you think the Dodgers should target? And for our latest Dodgers news, head over to DodgersNation.com. So the Dodgers have made a signing, and yes, it's not Shohei Otani or Yoshinobu Yamamoto or a Teoscar Hernandez caliber signing, but still a signing is a signing. So crank up that signing siren because I don't care how big or small of a signing it is, we cover it all here on Dodgers Dugout. And Fabian Ardaya, he reported that the Dodgers have signed Eliezer Hernandez. Fabian tweeted, Dodgers are signing right-handed pitcher Eliezer Hernandez to a minor league deal that includes an invite to spring training, sources tell The Athletic. Last pitch in the bigs with the Marlins in 2022. So let's do a little rewind, get to know Eliezer Hernandez just a little bit here. Like Fabian pointed out, it's an invite to major league spring training. So this is not a low-risk move by the Dodgers. This is a no-risk move by by the Dodgers, where maybe he provides some depth at the AAA level on the pitching side, 
or he shows out somehow and makes the big league roster. Now, if he does make that big league roster, he is out of options, so you can send him down, so that's something you want to consider. Now, Hernandez, he'll turn 29 in May. He didn't pitch the big league level last season. The Mets traded for him in a December 2022 trade, and he started the year on the IL with the right shoulder strain, and then the Mets, they activated him in July and immediately optioned him to the minors. Then they called him up and placed him on the IL with a right pectoral. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. stadium their silence is deafening 136 israelis are still being held hostage by hamas bring them home strain he finished the season having thrown only nine in the third innings at the AAA level. Then they outrighted him in November, and he elected for free agency. Now, he has had some high points at the big league level, most notably in 2020 when he finished with a 3-1-6 ERA in 25 and two-thirds innings. Did make just six starts that season. It was the COVID short year after suffering a strained right latissimus dorsi. So that really was his best show in the show where, yes, it was just six starts, but he really had some solid starts that season. Then he followed that up in 2021 by posting a 4-1-8 ERA, making just 11 starts in 51 and two-thirds innings of work. Also was on the IL that year due to a right biceps inflammation and a right quad strain. So this guy pretty much has to have his mail sent to the IL because he pretty much lives there. And that has been the issue with him throughout his career he's been plagued by injuries but you look at the strikeout rate 26.3 percent the walk rate at 5.7 percent you can see what they saw in him and he's someone that doesn't throw high velocity the fastball isn't explosive averages 91.6 miles per hour on the fastball goes with that four seam slider change up singer combination there but when he did have some experience and was thrown into a reliever role the velocity went up a little bit the spin rate went up a little bit and maybe that's what they want to utilize him in in a role where you can see him as a reliever go out there throw strikes Kind of reminds me a little bit of Shelby Miller, and he has his uncanny ability to get hitters to take strikes in the zone, despite the fact that he's not throwing high velocity. So is this something, nothing, or everything? I would say this is somewhere in between nothing and pretty much something, but I wouldn't say this is not nothing because, look, the Dodgers, like I always say, there's no one random in this organization. If they've taken a flyer on you, then they believe in you and they've identified something that they think they can optimize. They think that they can take you to the next level, whether it be to get you healthy and find something mechanically that they can tweak 
they think that you can help this organization in some capacity. Remember, this is the organization we have JP Fireisen who's going to get his opportunity this year. You took a chance on Alex Reyes. That didn't work out. But there's plenty of examples of this organization taking chances on guys. Look at Yancy Almonte a few years ago. They were able to write the ship with him, and he was one of their best relievers a couple seasons ago. So, look, I'm not saying that this is going to be the steal of the offseason or anything like that, but if he can stay healthy in this organization, they'll find a way to get some value out of him, whether that's at the big league level or at the minor league level. But just goes to show this organization, yes, you have the bright, shiny objects, the big ticket items, the Otanis, the Yamamotos, but they're still looking to increase the talent level every chance they get on the margins. And that's exactly what they're doing right here. Now, next door we're going to jump into is about Clayton Edward Kershaw. So it has been a little quiet on the Kershaw front for the last couple of days, but we did get a slight tiny little update on Kirsch. And this comes from Jim Bowden of The Athletic, who said... In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. That the Dodgers are keeping the door open for Clayton Kershaw. And that tells me that it's pretty much confirmed everything we've heard at this point and everything that I know at this point. And that if Clayton Kershaw wants to finish his career on the Dodgers, that they're going to make that happen. It's not going to be a situation where dollars are going to get in the way, where there's going to be a disagreement over a potential contract. When you look at him rehabbing, yes, you're most likely looking at a two-year deal, and this is someone who has been signing one-year contract for the past few seasons because it's been touch and go, because he wants that flexibility, and he's going year to year at this stage of his career. Now, I see people out there saying, look, the Kershaw era is over in Los Angeles. His last start against the Diamondbacks was the worst of his career. He was only able to record one out and gave up six runs. He was a disaster. I'm here to tell you that one, that was not Clayton Kershaw. That guy was a shell of himself who put himself on the line and he gave this organization like he has throughout his entire 16-year career everything that he has. And the reality is you can't base one in Kershaw back on a likely favorable contract after having successful surgery based on how he looked after the injury, based on how he looked against the Diamondbacks in the NLDS. Because I'm here to tell you that before he suffered that shoulder injury, he was still pitching at a top 10 to 15 level in all of Major League Baseball. If you look at Kirsch's numbers before he went down with that injury in Colorado, he had a 2.55 ERA. That was good for fifth in all of Major League Baseball. He had a 3.29 expected FIP. That was good for seventh. He had a 27.7% strikeout rate. That was good for ninth. That was well above the 22% league average. His 21.4% strikeout to walk ratio was seventh in the sport. So this is someone where... You get him healthy, he can still produce at a top 15 to 20 level, 
And when you're getting him back at a contract that you know is going to be team-friendly, he's not out there looking to get a big payday. If he did, he would sign with the Texas Rangers, and they'd be willing to pay him a good amount to bring him back to Texas. But the Dodgers, they need another starting pitcher. And yes, you probably wouldn't get him back until late July or at some point during August at the very earliest. But you need another left-handed starter, give you a different look in the postseason potentially. And let's not forget that, yes, Kirsch has had his ups and downs in the postseason. He's had some strong starts. Look at 2017 World Series Game 1. He would have won the World Series MVP, in my opinion, that year if the Astros don't cheat. When you consider the fact that he was cruising through Game 5, they weren't swinging at any of those sliders or curveballs because they were cheating. And you look at some of those strong starts. Yes, you got some of the bad starts along the way. The Cardinals, the Mets. Yes, we understand that. Some of those were on short rest. And you look at how he performed in the 2020 postseason. Now, why did he perform so well in the 2020 postseason? When he had a 13 strikeout game against the Brewers, when he pitched very well against the Rays in the World Series? Well, it was a COVID-shortened season, so he had a lot left in the tank. And I'm not saying that he's going to replicate that and have a 2-3-1 ERA in 11 two-thirds innings like he did in that 2020 World Series against the Rays, where he did throw out his potential future teammate, Manuel Margot, at the plate when he tried to steal home. That'd be kind of cool to see them reunited. But I am saying that knowing Clayton Kershaw like I do, the competitor that he is, he would not give this another go if he didn't think he could be effective. He's not some bench mentor, role player, number five starter. No, this is one of the most competitive pitchers this sport has ever seen. And you know he wants to come back and have a better showing than he did when he was injured on the mound in the NLDS. So forget the narratives. Forget, oh, it's Clayton Kershaw, a Mount Rushmore Dodgers player, a future first ballot Hall of Famer. Forget all of that stuff right now and just consider the fact that this is the same organization that was willing to give a contract to Cole Hamels and a Danny Duffy and those types because of the upside plays. So just the upside play alone with Clayton Kershaw, if you don't even consider the history of him in this organization, is still worth it, and the Dodgers could still get value out of having Clayton Kershaw back in this organization. So I still think it's a no-brainer to bring him back. I don't think they would sign him thinking that, oh, you're going to be our game one, two, or three starter. No, they made their moves. The fact that they did sign Glass now to that extension, the fact that they did bring in Yamamoto on that massive $325 million deal, the fact that they added those two ace pitchers makes me feel that much better about bringing Clayton Kershaw back because there won't be as much pressure on him to be the guy that this organization has needed him to be for so many years. So bring back Clayton Kershaw. It's a no-brainer. I've said it before. I'll say it again. He will not wear another team's uniform some legends they deserve to finish out their careers the way they want he has absolutely earned that right and I also think at the end of the day the most important thing is that he can help this team win a world series and he absolutely provides value so I think you have to bring him back if he wants to be back and I know the organization feels that same way now speaking of starting pitchers one of the big names we've talked about all offseason is Chicago White Sox ace Dylan Cease. Now, many expected him to be dealt this offseason. You've heard the Braves mentioned as one of the front runners. The Dodgers 
were considered a front runner to trade for him at one point this season. Well, at the moment, it doesn't seem like the White Sox are guaranteed to deal him. Now, their GM, Chris Getz, he told reporters yesterday, we've had conversations about Dylan Cease, but I also know that we're not going to move a player like Dylan or anyone else unless we feel like we're going to benefit. So it's got to be a right fit for all parties. You go on to say a lot of these conversations are ongoing. There's a lot that goes into any sort of trade transaction. There's a lot of conversations, buildup, research, and obviously getting it to the finish line. And as part of the offseason, we'll continue to do that to find ways to get our club better. Now, a lot of this is posturing, of course, leveraging, and I'm sure if there's a team that goes and approaches the White Sox with a godfather offer because they're desperate for a ace-level starting pitcher, I'm sure that they would strongly consider getting a deal done. But if you read reports out there, if you talk to people, their asking price for him is still higher than most teams are comfortable with. And if that doesn't change... He probably will start the season on the Chicago White Sox, and maybe they deal him near the trade deadline. And at that point, if the Dodgers still have a lot of their top prospects, and no matter what, they're going to have prospects to deal, if for whatever reason, you do need to add another ace. And you can also want to add this, see how Dylan Cease is performing this season. Because the reality of the situation with Dylan Cease is... He's someone who has flashed ace-level potential, but he hasn't proven to be a perennial ace. Someone who has put together season after season of sub-three ERAs and Cy Young Award finishes. You haven't seen that from Dylan Cease. We saw for one year, and that's one of the toughest things to do in sports. You do it one year, we'll do it again. You did it again, do it a third time, right? That's what separates the goods from the greats, the greats from the elites, from the Hall of Famers, right? The elites, the Hall of Famers, they do it year in and year out, like Kershaw did for over 15 years of his career, right? So I think that if Dylan C starts the year with the White Sox, I think one positive thing that does for the Dodgers, it allows them to evaluate how he looks this season. Maybe he starts the season on a tear, and he looks like the 2022 version of Dylan Cease. And at that point, you might feel comfortable trading for him, knowing you'll have a year and a half of team control. And I think a lot of that will have to do with how your current starters perform. Do they stay healthy? Do you feel like you need another guy? Because look, as great as this roster looks on paper, we know it's a very long season. Injuries are inevitable, and you always want to have the ability to address needs during the season. So, look, I, as far as Dylan Cease goes, I would love to see him on the Dodgers at the right price. But at this point, you already have tons of talent. You have those frontline starters, and I wouldn't go out there and absolutely sell the farm for him because he's under two years of team control, right? Two years of team control, that's where you see the prospect cost go way up. Corbin Burns actually makes more sense because he's on one year of team control. Because let's not forget, you get Shohei Otani back in 2025. The Dodgers are going to aggressively pursue Roki Sasaki, the NPB Japanese pitching phenom, the number one pitching prospect on the planet, in my opinion. So in 2025, you got Yamamoto, you got Otani, you got Glass now, you still have Bobby Miller. We'll see what happens with Walker Buehler. We'll see what happens with Emmett Sheehan. We'll see what happens with Roki Sasaki if you're able to acquire him. But would it really make that much sense to trade for Cease? 
really you're looking at a one through five of just complete ace pitchers. And at that point, I think that you're really looking for someone else. And I like the idea of getting Sasaki because we're talking about someone who could be the Japanese DeGrom of that ilk, and he could stay healthy. So, yeah, we'll talk more about him in another episode. But I just don't think that Cease makes a ton of sense for the Dodgers based on what they're looking for. At the right price, everyone is under consideration. But does it make complete sense? I would say right now you'd rather have a one-year guy or someone that kind of makes more sense in the short term as an innings eater, and you hope that your aces really figure things out and that they perform up to their capabilities. Now, next story we're going to jump into is about Kike Hernandez. Now, Kike Hernandez, he without question has been one of the most popular Dodgers over the next decade. I love me some Kike Hernandez. I love the banana suit. I love the dancing. But guess what? Dancing doesn't win baseball games. It doesn't win World Series titles. And the reality is, as it stands right now, odds are Kike Hernandez is not going to be back. Look, I'm here to tell you that Kike Hernandez won't be back, right? There's very little chance of it happening. MLB.com's Juan Toribio, he wrote recently with Hernandez, speaking of Teoscar Hernandez, on the board, the Dodgers will likely not be adding any more position players this winter. The club has explored options at shortstop, but nothing has materialized via trade, particularly with the Brewers for Willie Adamas. So, other takeaway there is clearly the Dodgers have inquired about Willie Adamas. They would like to see him on their roster. Maybe that's a communication line that they keep until the trade deadline as well. And you see how Gavin Lux performs at the beginning of the season. But I definitely think that there's been a lot of long-term smoke and interest between the Dodgers and Willie Adamas. And we know that there's nothing that Andrew Freeman loves more than value. Just look at what he did in 2021 with trade Turner, Max Scherzer. If you're going to get Willie Adamas, can I get Corbin Burns too, right? So that probably is going to be something that you might just always keep on the back burner If the deal transpires and materializes at some point, you know that there's been a long time period of communication between those two organizations about those players. But as far as Kike Hernandez goes, look, this is someone who can help teams out there. He's a dog. He's bringing that postseason dog DNA, right? I mean, just look at the NLDS versus the Diamondbacks. He was one of the few guys that went up there and gave you quality at-bats. But look, the reality is, After the trade from the Red Sox, yeah, he improved, but he still was a below-average bat. With the Dodgers last season, he posed a 95 OPS+, plus, so he was 5% below league average. With the Red Sox, he had a 62 OPS+, plus, so he did improve on that number. He brings that versatility, but look, this is someone who, at the very best, you're going to get a streaky hitter that is a league-average bat with versatility. The Dodgers, they're not going to bake in the team chemistry aspect, the dancing, all the fanfare that comes along with that as much, right? I mean, it's great when it happens, but that's not a reason to give someone two, three, four, five million dollars, right? And he's someone who probably was looking for a contract two years, $10 million, might sign a five, seven million dollar deal, something along those lines with another team. But the reality is he struggled mightily last season with the Red Sox. His defense at shortstop was among the worst in the sport. And look, this is a Dodgers team that's turning the page. This is a Dodgers team that they're looking forward, not backwards. 
and you have more quality in a Teoscar Hernandez. Teoscar Hernandez is an all-star. He's a Silver Slugger winner. And you also have Chris Taylor that slides into that depth role that gives you that positional versatility that you can plug into different positions if guys go down. So really, there just isn't a role for Kike at this point. And if you're not going to trade any of these prospects, the Miguel Vargas's, the Michael Bushes of the world, well, they're going to have to find a spot on a roster somewhere if you don't move them for, let's say, a closer somewhere, a starting pitcher somewhere. We've talked about those ideas as well. So I think it makes all sense in the world. David Vasse on AM570, he's alluded to the Kike Hernandez news that he most likely won't be back with the Dodgers. So I think it's safe to assume at this point that he's not going to be back with L.A., Love Kike. Trust me, I do. But let's embrace this new era of Dodger baseball, right? Let's be sharks. Let's look through that windshield. We are going forward, forward, forward to a piece of metal, a commissioner's trophy, a World Series title in the Otani era. We don't need those feel-good guys from the past. Let's make new memories with the players that we have now in the future. And also, you talk to people, I talked to some B reporters from the Mariners and the Toronto Blue Jays, and they tell me that Tosca Hernandez, he's someone that brings big vibes in that clubhouse, in that dugout. So you're going to see the vibes from Tosca Hernandez as well, and I'm sure this team is going to have a very business-like, focused approach, knowing just how talented they are as a team. And look, it doesn't matter who you have in that clubhouse. It doesn't matter who you have in that dugout. You know how I spell fun? W-I-N. If this team wins, they're going to have fun. They're going to have people dancing in the dugout. They're going to find their new dugout celebration after hits. And you got to let that stuff happen naturally. So, look, I mean, Kike, love your time as a Dodger, but I think that his time in Dodger Blue has come to an end. Now, one more story. I just want to point it out that ESPN – they released their schedule for the first part of the season. And for the first 11 weeks of the 2024 season, the Dodgers will be featured on Sunday Night Baseball three times, March 31st, the first week of the season against the Cardinals, then April 14th against the Padres, then June 9th at Yankees. They're going to be in New York. So, of course, that is going to be a showcase game. You got Shohei at Yankee Stadium with his Dodgers lineup. And it's going to be exciting and you look at Sunday Night Baseball. I don't know about you guys, Buster Olney. We've had him on the show a few times. Love Buster. I think he's one of the great baseball minds of our generation. And look, I'm a sucker for Sunday Night Baseball. It's the song that dun 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 dun. dun, dun. I mean, look, I love Sunday Night Baseball. I think Carl Ravitch does a great job. I think the current group isn't as good as the group from back in the day. I don't know if you guys remember the Jim Miller, Joe Morgan days that I grew up to. I definitely thought they did a great job, but. Definitely great to see the Dodgers getting showcased three of 11 times. I'm hoping they get showcased more and flexed into more games later. And, of course, you got the big Fox games that we'll get into. But kind of the point I'm trying to make here is that networks are going to feature the Dodgers as much as they possibly can because the Dodgers are the biggest show in the sport this season. Their box office. They're going to be traveling rock stars, and it's going to be huge. It's going to start in Korea, and you're going to see them against the Cardinals at home, Padres at home. At New York is going to be electric, and I just wish the season started tomorrow is kind of what I'm trying to say because I'm so excited for Dodger baseball and everything this franchise has going for it. The most anticipated season in Dodgers history, 
and it'll be here before you know it. But that's going to do it for this episode of Dodgers Dugout. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. Now, if you haven't yet, I'll tell you one more time. Do me a huge favor. Join the party. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. Hit that like button. And also, make sure you're subscribed so you are eligible for our giveaways and you want a comment done down below. So down below in the comment section, give me all your takes, but also include done in there somewhere. You can have it as separate comments. And once we hit 80,000 subscribers, we are going to give away this brand new authentic Dodgers number 17 Shohei Otani jersey. This is the jersey that set records. This is the jersey that broke Lionel Messi's record for the fastest selling jersey in the history of fanatics.com through the first 48 hours you're definitely going to want to rock this once the new season begins. So be sure to subscribe to the channel. Remember, nothing brings together quite like Dodger baseball. And until next time, think blue, bleed blue, and I'm out. stadium their silence is deafening 136 israelis are still being held hostage by hamas bring them home home. 